Love is in the air. I love summer. Is that what you mean? I'm not talking about just between the two of us either. I'm talking about weddings. Oh, uh, weddings are in the air. (laughs) We have a lot of weddings this June. This month is uh, filled with weddings. And you know what? After last year's constant rescheduling of weddings due to COVID-19, it is great to be uh, celebrating them again. And to backtrack just a little bit, last year, every wedding that had been scheduled for April, May, June, or July, with the exception of one, all of them were uh, postponed, moved, and the one that stayed in July had a total of eight people present. I, w- I wasn't even there. That's correct. I didn't even make the cut. Uh, it was well, actually nine. I, I was there. Oh. Bri- bride, <laughs> you made the cut. Bridegroom, best man, maid of honor, two sets of parents, and moi. Yeah. <laughs> and a partridge <laughs> in a pear tree. But anyway, so yes, this year, uh, during the month of June, we have six weddings, and uh, that is very exciting and beautiful couples, wonderful couples. It's great. So fun. That's one of the many things about June. Uh, the other thing, of course, is it's summer and people are getting outside. And I've been trying to eat every meal I can outside. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, our our outdoor dining space on our deck generally gets showered with whatever tree is currently shedding its seeds. So we got inundated with helicopters now, now I'm not sure what they are. They're like little tiny buds. I'm I'm not sure what type of put tree them in is. the ground. Find out what they grow. Uh, maybe <laughs> I should, but they are everywhere right now. So about another four or five days, I think we'll be. Pat- we didn't eat out last night because we were afraid they were just going to fall into our food. Yeah, we, I would have a tree growing inside of me. A tree growing in your soup. Is that like a watermelon seed? If you swallow a watermelon? No, I don't. I don't think that's the way it works. Uh, but it is a wonderful segue. Because you talk about seeds. Here I and am. That's, that's what the gospel is. It's Just all about seeds. Call me Mr. Segway. But, but before we talk specifically about this gospel, yeah. I want you to know why I'm so happy these days. Besides the fact that you got rid of me during the week? No. Oh, the, oh, that, 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 go, that goes without saying. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, go ahead. I am happy as much as I like Easter. Yeah. As much as I like uh, the Trinity and Corpus Christi. As much as I like all good uh, things, all the other festivities, I like getting into a gospel and just reading from passage to passage to passage to passage. And that's what we will be doing from now to November, with one little exception in August. Well, this summer's for you then. Yes. Uh, we are in ordinary time. And if anybody's wondering, it's the 11th. Sunday of Ordinary Time. Right, because the past two Sundays, we, uh, what's the word I want to use? For, it, it, forewent? It, we foregoed? We, what's the word? Uh, we had to forego. We had to forego the actual Sunday in Ordinary Time. For, because we had Trinity Sunday and then Corpus Christi. And, right. So uh, if weekday mass, we had, after Pentecost, we had the week, uh, eighth week of Ordinary Time, the ninth week, tenth. So we're eleventh Sunday. The, which is, the week follows, of course. Which is interesting because some people may say, "Well, why do we even have an eighth or ninth Sunday in Ordinary Ordinary Time if you're not going to have them?" But you could if they appear before Lent. That's correct. Depending on when Ash Wednesday is. Yes, and so we're picking up where we were before Ash Wednesday. Really, it's the variety of. And the- next year Easter is later, so. Uh, when we get out of all the festivities, it's it's going to be probably about the 13th Sunday. Yeah, Easter's like around July 4th, I think, next Not year. quite that late. No. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, 
So we pick up in Mark chapter 4. So I'm happy to be able to read Mark 4, and then next week, another chapter 4. Then we get in chapter 5, and then chapter 666. So that will take us well into July. So we will be reading a lot of Mark's gospel. I would highly recommend anybody who has the time, and they do, just Mark's gospel is very <laughs> short. Very presumptuous. Everybody of you. has the time. It's whether or not they choose to use the time. Are we making time? Yeah, exactly. Setting time aside for it. But pick up the Bible and just let your fingers do the walking. Walk through Mark's gospel. These fingers were made for walking. So walkings walk. Okay, who's, who's who's sang that original song? Mm, I want to say Johnny Cash. No, 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 no. It was a it was a woman. It was. It was a woman and her. Uh, these boots are made for walking, and her her father was a famous... Fam- Nancy. Nancy Sinatra. Google saved my life. Yes. Okay, so the other reason I'm happy, my favorite, favorite, favorite parable yeah. is this Sunday. You, uh, you have lots of favorites, though. I have lots of favorites, but this is my favorite favorite. All right. Every year in RCIA, I have a session on parables and miracles, and when I talk about parables, I talk about how not all of them, but... A great majority of them start off with the kingdom of God is like. Right. We have, you know, now that we are on our 201st episode. No, 202nd episode. Yes. I've already lost count. Yes. Um, that you've heard that before. We've that heard it It's before. about the kingdom of God. Right. Now, uh, I always read this passage from Mark 4. And I always get blank stares from the RCIA. Like, what's so exciting about it? Now, to complicate things, this coming Sunday's gospel yeah. has two parables. The one I like is the first one. The other one, which I don't dislike, I want to make that very clear, is the <laughs> one that everybody knows. Yeah. So people assume that I like the one, the second part today. I'm going to read the first one because I like it. All right. And you're going to read the second one because... You like it less. I like it less. It's kind of how you it's feel It's like about having me. two sons. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have daughters, so I wouldn't know. Oh, you like one less than the other? No, I like them both. You called called them parable one and parable two. (laughs) That's the next cat in the hat book. Okay, I will read this. It starts with chapter four, verses 26 to 34. So even having two parables, it's still very short. Jesus said to the crowds, this is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day. And through it all, the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle for at once, for the harvest has come. He said, to what shall we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, that when it is sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. So we have two or three starting points. 
the first one is the image of the seed. It's sure. in both stories. Yeah. The second starting point is what is the kingdom of God? The third starting point, which is the one I'm choosing right at the moment, is that last line that you read. Yeah. Without parables, he did not speak to them. So what is the significance of a parable? Jesus was an incredible storyteller. Mm. He was a great storyteller. A parable is not like a fable. You know, Aesop's fables are fun to, and they all have morals. Uh, but then you have the the wind talking to the rain, or you have the the chickens talking to the the wolf or the fox or whatever. Sure, none of that happens in in Jesus' parables, and probably most of the parables have a reference to what people already knew. Sure. So, uh, first of all, talking about seeds, they all knew about pl planting seeds. Uh, but uh, even some of the uh, more esoteric parables, they have a reference to something that may have happened, like the, you, the weeds that are growing. Could you define esoteric? Yeah. Just it, for the people that might be listening that don't know what it means. Okay, it's one of those lines like, not many people know, but es esoteric means. <laughs> that usually means somebody, you just discovered it. Right. Okay. Esoteric means kind of out of the ordinary, a little bit on the fringe. Got it. Only people with uh, a particular interest might have followed this. Okay. Got it. Thank you. So for you to talk about some piece of music and, you know, some some chord change or maybe even a key change and something like that. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking to some other musicians, they might follow it totally. But if you were to say that to me, I would say, Michael, stop being so esoteric. I just did that yesterday to somebody. They were asking me, they wanted to create a trivia question about like a music theory item. And I probably gave them way informa more information than they needed. But I was, I was getting into it. I was, I was trying to figure out how could we make the question as tricky as possible. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about a parable. Here's what happens with a parable. The, the parable is an image it's not just a theory, you know, it's not just Jesus saying, or oh, the kingdom of God uh, is taking over. Yeah. Or that the kingdom of God is spreading. He's, he uses an image so people can picture it. There's a that, visualization to it. it there's, it's very visual. And w what I've noticed with any kind of storytelling, mm -hmm. I don't mean the like a story that you might find uh, online or something that some homilists use. Yeah. But uh, a story, especially about your own life or something, people hear it according to their own education level and age. Yeah. So you might have a three-year-old, maybe not a three-year-old, maybe a, a six-year-old hearing a story and get very excited about one aspect of it. Sure. But you also might have a 60-year-old hear it and follow it very well too because, because it's visual. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I love about parables that Jesus did is it requires the listener to participate. The listener has to dwell on it. You have to give it thought. You have to not only picture it, but you, it's something's happening within you. So it's not like Jesus is hand-feeding us. He's allowing us to participate in the message itself. Yeah. You have to chew on it a bit. 
chew on it. That's very good. Yeah. I was going to say it's like the the bird that you know basically, and this is really gross for the people. Oh uh, no, I know where you're I know, going. Yeah, the the <laughs> people are going to be unhappy with that I say this. Okay. Spoiler alert, uh, you know, a warning, this is not for everybody to listen to, <laughs> but, but like the bird that swallows something, then regurgitates it to its young. Yeah, thank God that God didn't make that a requirement for humans. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> such a good part of the plan. Okay, so I think, I think the, the image here. So let's take that first parable, the one that I really, really, really like, yeah. the one that I use every year. The farmer doesn't do a whole lot. Hmm. He plants the seed. It's all about the seed. It's not about the farmer. Yeah. Well, he, the farmer plants it. The farmer harvests it. But it's the seed. So remember the story is about the seed. It says, of its own accord, the yes. land yields fruit. So what is Jesus saying about the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, basically Jesus says, I'm here, folks. I am uh, right now planting the, the seed of the kingdom in your midst. And it is growing even if you're sleeping through the whole thing, yeah. even if you're not paying attention, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is growing in your midst. Hmm. Now, I don't know. Do you think the kingdom of God is growing in our midst? Yes. I think it may not look how we may assume it, it could look, but I think it is constantly. That's interesting that you say growing because does it just continually grow? Or ha has it grown, and now we are in the midst of it? Yes and yes. Yeah. I think it's continuing to grow. Yeah. It, it grows in us through our lives. Yeah. And eventually we, we get the full-fledged kingdom when we pass from this life. But it's already growing. Well, it grows because every time we come into grace through baptism, we are new life, right? And so we are the new life with, in which the kingdom is growing. Correct. I, and you, there's evidence of the kingdom when you see somebody give water to the, the thirsty yeah, or stand up for justice or be willing to pay the price for somebody else. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think sometimes people, I see this with parents, how much they are willing to suffer for the sake of their kids. You know, you, uh, my son, my daughter might be in trouble, but... And I might be very embarrassed because I have to go visit them in the county jail, but they don't stop loving them. Right. That's actually evidence of the kingdom. Not that somebody got in trouble, but somebody else is willing to continue to love them. You're talking very specifically just the things that you named the corporal works of mercy. Well, they are evident. Yeah, the corporal works of mercy, which comes from uh, Matthew 25, 30. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is about the kingdom. Because you know, when the... when when he comes he, for the, the end of time and he separates the, the sheep from the goats. One of the consequences, I think, of COVID has been we've been so um, self, like we've turned in on ourselves to protect so much by social distancing and isolating, especially at the very beginning when everyone was staying at home and all of those types of things we forgot what it means to reach out to our neighbor. Although there was a lot of that as well. There were many people who really were making phone calls, talking to people. But I agree with you that we have lots of people started living in fear or uh, 
isolation breeds isolation. Sure. And then you might be physically isolated and then you become emotionally isolated. Mm -hmm. And then fear comes in that you're almost afraid of other people. You know, the next time you walk into a, a store and there's more people milling around, and even when you don't, are not required to keep distance, you become very conscious. Oh, this person is only two feet away. Right. You know, the, the other day, our youth ministers here on staff were discussing some of the trends that we're seeing in this generation of students and kids, teens that are coming um, through this school system right now. And one of the labels that a research firm did, it called them the loneliest generation, which I find I found that um, I found that to be interesting because we are we could we have never been more connected digitally you know but we are also it's easy to still feel isolated and lonely even when you're you can be so well connected and it there's so many possible explanations for that i don't doubt that it's a lonely generation but there's a lot of explanations it could be even be how many times you know kids are growing up having their own rooms mm -hmm. their own bedroom mm -hmm. uh <laughs> I only had three three brothers in the same room with me. Oh my! Three of you, <laughs> four of you in the same room? Were there bunk beds? No, actually, it was a large room. Uh, wow! And then one of my brothers left for college, and then the next one. So eventually, it came down to maybe two. Kids always love bunk beds. And we had a four a four bedroom house, but remember, it's a big family. Sure, that's pretty cool. That's pr pretty cool. Let's talk about this though. The the seed is not just about the seed. That's <laughs> We're gonna put that, that is profound. We're going to put that on a billboard. Right. A seed yields fruit. It grows. I remember seeing a little card. It was kind of a, a cutesy thing, but it was a, a, a card that had an apple, mm -hmm. uh, a picture of an apple on the front. And it was then it was the open side and it was sliced open. Yeah. And the caption inside said, anybody can count how many seeds there are in an apple, but nobody knows how many apples there are in a seed. Oh, yeah. Is that cool? That is cool. So it only takes one seed to make a tree. And then how many apples does that tree produce? Yeah. So seeds are not about themselves. Yeah. And you don't take a seed. Oh, this is just the most beautiful, perfect seed. Right. Uh, let's put it on the windowsill so we can sit, uh, watch it all, every day. Yeah. The image that's coming to my, my mind is this parish that back in 2005, even before you knew you were going to be pastor at a new parish, the diocese, the bishop, the the structure of the church in Toledo designated, you know, there was going to be a parish in Perrysburg, and that seed was planted. That was the first seed, probably. And then you, as the, let's call you the farmer. Okay, not that, I'm not saying that you didn't do a lot, because that J would... Just it, farmer, <laughs> farmer Herb. Yeah, farmer. I planted the seed, and then I went to bed, and I... Fifteen years later, and, woke And up. I read, read a few books, and... <laughs> but, you know... That's the, that's those seeds, that seed started to grow and it was nourished and the, the soil was, um, well tended to. Well, do you remember what we did when we finally got the property? Yeah, I do. We started, we, we didn't even own property. This was a cornfield. Mm -hmm. And then when we got the property and we were getting ready to do, build the first building, yeah. 
there was no driveway, no place to park, so we really couldn't have a ground blessing. Uh, instead, we were meeting at Perrysburg High School. Yeah. Uh, we had each person bring in a paper cup of dirt from their yard, mm -hmm. and we had a wheelbarrow outside, and we poured the ground into the wheelbarrow, and it basically filled, filled the wheelbarrow. Then we wheeled it to the edge of Perrysburg High School property where there was a pickup truck. And we wheeled it into the pickup truck. Yeah. And we did drive the pickup truck over here mm -hmm. onto, the f onto the field. The field was uh, dry enough you could go in, mm -hmm. and the, the pickup truck could do that. And then we took the wheelbarrow out, and we uh, had different people. There were maybe only about 10 or 12 people came along. Yeah. And then they took turns scattering the dirt. And so the, the soil from the homes of the church... And which is really interesting because the soil, in a sense, became the seed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it was like we're bringing ourselves to this property. Yeah. And think I, you think about all that has taken place here and the people that have come in and out of these buildings, uh, it, all starting from you know the seed that has been planted when, and when, will continue to. When, yeah. One of the things I've discovered over the years, and I continue to learn about it, is how the center of gravity of Christianity mm -hmm. changes. In other words, if it all started in Jerusalem and in the Middle East, and then it moved to Rome, well, there aren't too many Christians left in the Middle East. Right. And uh, they're still present in Greece, but not that much in Turkey, uh, which was one of the highlights of where St. Paul preached. And then if you go to Northern Africa, there's less there. Mm -hmm. But right now it's moving very much into Sub-Saharan Africa. There's a lot of Christians developing in the country of Africa or really? the continent of Africa. Huh. So the I call it the center of gravity. You know, it was a European church, but then it's gone to North and South America and it continues to spread person to person. With Christ at the center. With Christ as the center. All right, friends, uh, if you haven't planted some seeds yet in your garden, you might want to get on that just in case, you know, you could tie it's it in. It's never too late. This weekend. All right, friends, have a great week. We'll see you at Mass this weekend.